0: Hello and welcome to the Lock In Podcast, the show that lifts the lid on the realities of life in the pub trade. I'm the morning advertisers, Ed Bennington, and with me as ever are my favourite two co-hosts, Heath Ball and James Cuthbertson. Heath. The only two. Well, the only two, yeah, true, true. Heath is a seasoned operational professional who's made his name in the pub trade over the last couple of decades and is well known for taking on struggling, disadvantaged people, those in need of a fresh start in life, those down on their luck, offering them his wisdom, counsel, and support to give them the best possible start in the the hospitality sector. James recently started working with Heath. Oh Edward, you it's must have been that's, that's quite good. Good, all
1: weekend I worked I on that all weekend. That's it shows. Like, it's the it's government cool. grants I like get as well. It is. They yeah. give me money. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast using the links on the homepage, and please do like and share far and wide on social media. Drop us a line with your thoughts and ideas at the MA as well for us to, 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 to I can't even speak to discuss in the podcast.
2: We're so bad, we won't even redo that, will we?
0: No, we'll just say not. that that's okay. I think we'll just let that right. Yeah, happen, we're careful, he's running out of batteries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I could read that bit again as well if you like. No, no I like right. that. So this week's episode is going to be taking a look at the human cost, of the recent and current, challenges are having on the sector and how that's impacting on mental health, both in terms of our staff and the people running those businesses as well. As such, we'll be hearing from a few guests in this week's episode, including Paula Smith from the Licensed Trade Charity, psychologist and director of Wellbeing and Leadership at WorkIt, Jason Brennan, and James Nye of Anglian Country Inns. However, before we start, let's take a look at what's been happening with my co-host. So uh, this morning guys, we're recording this Monday morning um, wow. it was uh, seems to be a fate complete another four weeks of restrictions what do we think? It's not really the big story, the big story is I lost my bet with Heath Well I, I, I was going to come to that I was going to come to that um, I mean how, that, that bet is obviously uh,
1: devastating. For well I
0: mean we have to wait for the official announcement. I mean no, only, no, they're, they're only I'm, I'm, I'm
1: ordering the wine today mm.
0: <laughs> Just well, give me a credit
2: card. the Rem- I'm paying
0: for it today. Remind <laughs> us of the bat.
2: What was it? I think um, I suggested that the restrictions would be lifted today, and Heath suggested I was talking absolute bollocks. Yes. Heath, once again. Was correct. <laughs> he's had his moment in the
1: sun again. <laughs> so, yeah, I get a bottle of uh, Quinterelli Amarone 04. I think uh, it's about 250 <laughs> plus vat. I'll have a look. Might be a bit more. I think it's more than that. Yeah, I'll have a look. I'll get on, I'll get on to Omar. Oh, well. Well, I look forward to sharing it with you anyway. I mean, it's probably. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm drinking that by myself in a cold, dark room with <laughs> the lights off <laughs> with a straw.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, joking aside, though, four week extension, what, what do we think? I mean, all
1: right, like you I said, we were talking earlier, I said I wouldn't be surprised if it's longer. I, like you're saying no way, but. I think right, they'll extend. they'll kick this down the road all year. I reckon next spring will be before we'll be allowed out. Didn't the Telegraph
2: suggest something that was about spring? And they're normally, you know, fairly closed.
0: I I don't think they're thinking that far ahead, though, are they? I mean, let's be honest. They're not a detail-orientated government. Um, But they're not fact-based either. No, 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 I know. But I don't think that they're actually... I think they've gone four weeks. They are literally kicking it down the road. There's no... um, I don't think there's any hidden agenda that they're going, right, we're going to keep everyone under restrictions until spring. I think it's just kind of... Oh, well, we just make a decision there at the time but they caught themselves again making big
2: bold statements like when um, Boris said it's irreversible so this then had to be irreversible do you know what I mean so mm. he th- said that's why they've had to kick it down the road because mm. they could if they just left it and said we'll review on the 21st and then move some of the measures let's talk about weddings being allowed I mean god if you've got a wedding business or a nightclub <sighs> operation you've got to feel for those guys um, I mean, like, and you know and, yeah anyone else that really relies on big parties yeah um, festivals like, yeah, yeah, and you're paying your loans back now, by the way, as we said last time. Well, last I mean,
0: it, uh, what we supposed need, to be? What needs there needs to be some real support measures put in place for this? If they're going to extend it by four weeks, I know that yeah. they aren't may Are we supposed to be
1: paying? Are we, we? start paying business rates? Next yeah. Month, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Only a small a percentage of, but we're still. If you're, not, if you're not sharing an income, what are you like? You're building
2: debt again. That's yeah. the problem. You've already got, you've probably got backed up debt from, that's the thing. And we'll see the quality. If, if we're talking about backed up debt, we're talking about. Um, you know, businesses that are crucified. It'll either mean they go out of business, or when they open, they can't they can't afford yeah. to open
0: properly, and standards yeah. will drop. And mm-hmm. you know, they'll be looking for savings. Rightly so, but well, we're do? already seeing. It. I mean, the ones that are open, and and not everyone's how mm-hmm. a flying start. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I know you no. guys have done quite well, um, we've there done well are... but with only two
2: sites, oh two or three. Yeah, open, true, so true,
0: yeah. And but there's plenty of guys out there that are just really struggling with the mm-hmm. restrictions. And, and even though they're they're not making enough, then and the, we've got all the problems around staff mm-hmm. and and being able to. to to service those customers and like you, you, you said those yeah, standards
1: see, are dropped yeah we see the operators and I was reading the paper today and I, was, I can't remember which one it was in but they were saying that they've got open but they've got to close reduce hours because they don't have enough staff to service the, mm. the time you know mm. what I mean like even the guys that,
2: that have held on for the football you know that would pack their pubs it's not what we do but you know pack your pubs with some proper drinking going on you know um, they can't even do that no, I mean some of the scenes yesterday were pretty poor.
0: For the yeah, I mean we'll talk. Let's talk about that. The Euros opening weekend. Um, yeah, there's been some rather iffy sort of pictures being put on social, which amazes yeah, but, me but that people think they put that. Yeah, I know. I know of people sort of climbing on tables and jumping about, and I mean that's not what we want to be seeing. Well, is no, it? we want
1: to be responsible, showing we can handle this. But that's this is what the government. Wa- Think we're like, yeah. and we're just mm. proving it's that playing thing. into yeah. that, that image, exactly. isn't it? and, it's,
0: and it's not everyone, it's a small proportion of, of people that just aren't. That's why we swerved it. The right we, we,
1: you know, mm. Usually at the red, we put TVs out the front if there's something big on, but we just sort of no way. Just lose control. It's, it's just, you're just going to have people standing up, <laughs> shouting, and, uh, mm. and losing, losing and getting lost in the moment. You know, mm. it's not worth it, do you? it does seem to bring out the worst in people as well, doesn't mm. it? I mean, I'm, I'm not a
0: huge football fan, but you just look at it and you just think. I mean, there were fights on the seafront down in uh, one of the uh, one of the seaside resorts. Uh, it was just football fans throwing deck chairs at each other or something like because, it, they w- because they
1: because uh, they won. No idea. <laughs> <No> it <idea. laughs> yeah, yeah, could like, be like we like, lose.
0: No geez. idea. No idea. But I mean, it, it 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 is. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to see stuff like that. It, it we, doesn't we don't. Ed, but I, the, the problem is, there's um, uh
2: there's a lot of pent up aggression, you mm-hmm. know, and people want to get out, and the, it's come
1: sunshine yeah you
2: know too to much booze.
1: football well as as a as, a, as an antipodean I, I look at some photos on social yesterday i just said to say guys you need to wear sunscreen you english blokes are pretty pasty white do you know what <laughs> i mean like i saw a lot of guys sitting outside watching a footy on big tvs with no hats on no sun didn't look like yeah. sunscreen on like do you know what i mean i'm, I'm just thinking you know and oh, that was know. a very big word for you as well mate. what sunscreen antipodean
0: antipodean <laughs> 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 um, this could be described as bullying culture. I just want to be well, this is it. I mean, we'll talk about bullying culture. Um, that, that brings us on, on to, the, uh, to, the, to the other big story of last week, which was <laughs> the, uh, the Brewdog situation. Um, I mean, it's a difficult one. It, it, for me, it is feels it? a little bit like a he said, she said kind of thing. I mean, what do you guys think? Disgruntled employees or, or genuine I employees? Mean, yeah,
2: big enough business. I mean, it's a business that's gone through massive growth. Mm. There's always been, for me, always been Emperor's New Clothes with Brewdog. Um, in that if you look at everything they've done they've they've played on diversity, they've played on stimulating opinion, you know, driving tanks through London and, and mm. all that. So that's been their bread they've and butter They've done really
1: well with their Ponzi I mean their um, crowdfunding.
2: Yeah, they've done really well with that. Like what a what a what a great thing when the guys that put the money in then, you know, for the discount then you know get to be made rich at the end of it all. The yeah. thing is you've got they they just it, it's all mixed messages with Brewdog isn't it? And it I do think the mask has slipped finally. But it's back in, I was looking earlier, and in 2018, James Watt said, I'd rather shoot myself in the head than sell out and be a rich motherfucker. You can say motherfucker, can I? Uh, yeah, you've send it now. <laughs> um, so this is James Watt's worth £265 million. <laughs> 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 there's,
3: there's, there's always shares
1: are worth £440 million. Yeah, well, you sell, Current valuation.
2: What did they sell, like 20% of the business? 23%. Um, 22% to okay. US firm TR, TSG. To two partners
0: for 230 and that, million that's a firm that also has an investment in uh, pubs, Blue Ribbon as well hasn't okay. it so uh, again a mass purveyor of, yeah. of beer which was something they always said they wouldn't get involved yeah I mean there's well, they
2: started off by alienating themselves from the industry what I've been is they've, they've helped the consumer get into whatever craft beer is they've helped that because mm. the first thing they said when they opened the brewery was we've had to open a brewery because all the beer in the UK is rubbish Mm. and that was pretty much so you know the people that have been knocking out great beer the likes of you know, Oakham and you know, some mm, historic, mm. you know, great
0: family oh, yeah, They were antagonistic. It, 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 I mean, that's it. They came in, they, they were disruptors. That, that mm. was their policy, wasn't mm. it? Let's disrupt, let, let's shout a lot. And I guess now, as, and I had a conversation with, with one of the top guys at Brewdog the other day and there was an element of, you know, you're, you're hoisted by your own petard. You know, mm. you, we, we've courted this publicity. We can't then turn around and say, Oh, why, why are we generating this publicity hmm. now? I mean, the only thing for me I'm, I'm uncomfortable with is the um, the court of public opinion on this. Uh. You know, anyone can post anything on on social media, hmm. um, say what they want, and and get away with it to a certain extent. And again, this is disgruntled employees. These people have left, and some of them left a long time ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, it just it doesn't sit well with me. It's that cancel culture kind of thing. You know, if somebody says it then they must be guilty. I mean, Brunel haven't, haven't denied it. They haven't disputed
1: it. James, James watched the but first statement though. Oh, it wasn't come on. probably the best way of handling it. And, and also Surely asking, run that by somebody first. Yeah. But another, I think
2: that says everything. It's his way or no way. You know, it's, um, but mm. they've been forced to change. You know, they've mm. made two announcements this morning. I think yeah. uh two new appointments to yes. help, you know, quell the tide, but, I think if you also look at it, I, I agree, Ed, I think the problem is we are all going back into the fe- back into the past to look mm. for stuff now, mm. and we'll get distracted because what we should be looking is, is forward and saying, OK, because I look at my parents who would have you know, be laughing at things at like Alf Garnett, because mm. some of that stuff now you know, mm. doesn't age well, that stuff, Jim mm. Davidson and the like coming through, but I think we've got to stop looking at the past. I mean, look at your past, Ed. <laughs> um, okay. we, we've, got to, we've got to stay away from that. I'm not going to ask for examples but you know what I mean there's going to be um, a generational play to get this right where it needs to be and it's not the anger of Black Lives Matter, it's about being rational, considered and looking what's acceptable and how we should behave and I think by looking back in the past all the time, we're not helping ourselves. I think we're getting distracted. What you want to look for is now and the future. Yes, yeah. And yeah and get no, I sorted.
0: I agree. Well, I mean, that, that does bring us on to what we're going to be talking about, which is, you know, thinking about looking after staff. Obviously, uh, Brewdog uh, wasn't timed perfectly for this, um, but it was. So we will, <laughs> uh, we will move on from that and uh, let's have a chat about mental health. listening to the lock-in podcast and we're focusing on mental health challenges we're having to deal with at the moment. We've got the wonderful James Nye from Anglian Country Inns with us now to talk about how they're handling the pressures put on staff. So thanks for joining us James.
4: Yeah, morning Ed, how are you?
0: I'm oh, good sir, I'm good. Thanks, thanks for helping out with us. So I mean we're all very focused on the current market and the challenges that, that exist there and we're, we're seeing real pressure being put on staff. Um both because of shortages but increased demand and everything else i mean how's that impacting on your team james
4: yeah i, I think it's a, a really interesting issue because there are so many market forces that are putting pressure on um labor and i think one thing that um some people do forget is actually what's happening in your business itself so um yeah we put a lot of focus on mental health over lockdown and we've emerged from a lockdown in pretty good shape um, yeah, we've lost, lost a few people, but yeah, by comparison to being uh, very small, we lost about 2 to 3% of our workforce. Nice. So um, I think what we're seeing is actually taking care of your, your staff and actually looking after them, especially in a time when demand for labour is so high, is a, is a big part of how to retain them and actually prevent the issue from uh, manifesting in the future.
0: So, I mean, what, what sort of issues are you, are you seeing, um, particularly from a mental health point of view? Obviously, you can't go into individual details and things like that. But, um, I mean, what, what kind of challenges are you facing?
4: Well, I think one thing I've definitely noticed is that we're seeing a lot more mental health issues uh, coming through our staff. Um, there's things like there's anxiety, uh, there's some grief, there's some personal relationships that are happening outside of work that are obviously impacting work. Around relationships, there's uh, financial pressures. I think there's all the sort of things that everyone experiences in a day-to-day business um, that are, you know, affecting workplace performance and absence from work. Um, and I've seen it, you know, over, you know, we've been going 25 years and I've seen it a lot in, in our time span, but I've never seen the level of issues raised so uh, so prevalent as it is at the moment. Uh, I mean,
0: James and Heath Too many James on this isn't it it's going to get confusing but I mean what do you see are you you finding you're also seeing an increase in sort of stress and anxiety and stuff or
1: yeah like man everyone it's the world's gone mental hasn't it and not in that sense but everyone's just gone a bit it's really difficult to deal with everybody's got seems to have problems and it's you know lockdown did favours to nobody and it's still not doing favours to a lot of the staff so yeah, it's it's just trying to manage them and look after them and but it's getting harder and harder, some of the stuff you're having to deal with. You know, we're mm. not trained psychologists. No. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Trying to run a business through through one of the most difficult times ever, mm. and you're dealing with all this as well, so it's not easy.
0: I mean, we, we'll, we'll come on to in, in another session on, on operator mental health as well, because I think that, that's something we probably don't think about enough, is actually no. your, your, your well-being as well. You're focusing very much on, on making sure your customers are happy and your staff are okay, mm. but maybe not yourself. So we'll, we'll talk I about think that. there's also, good. there are those
2: that are genuine sub- things that are externally, you know, relationships or debts mm. and... The sort of grief around COVID and it has made the world a very different place mm. and you know, hopefully we can have some normality back um, I also think and it won't be a popular thing to say but I also think there's, that never normally stops <laughs> no I know and I'm going to go I think it's become because it's so much on the agenda I think some people have looked for problems in their own life that maybe didn't have them I'm not saying it's become a fashionable to be mental health but I'm just saying that there are certain people that are affected and, and need that mm. care and I think there are still others that are looking to find it's something a it's a very it's slippery, slippery slope done, sure,
4: isn't it, though, it is, so. yeah i mean i would argue that actually there's been a lot of time for people to think about things and i think that's hmm. probably manifested a lot of personal issues you have, i know people have been pretty much by themselves through lockdown mm. and, and to come back into this very social world having spent the uh, best part of six months by yourself i mean i think that's going to put a huge amount of pressure on potentially some underlying issues that that they'd never realized before and so i think Maybe that is part of something that's contributing to this increase in cases,
0: and, and that cooped up as well. I mean, well, you've also got people have mm-hmm. been cooped up for a long time. I mean, if you, if your relationship's a bit creaky as well, that's not going to help. Having had that sort of pressure put on you, on
2: point sorry, and I didn't make my point very well again. You didn't never do, James. Yeah, people so. say that you know they have a lactose intolerance or whatever, but they don't. You know, there's there's only a very small percentage that are, you know, have gluten. You're saying people are trying it, all. no, aren't we? No, well, no, 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 no. But I'm just saying, that people say they're suffering from anxiety. Are they really suffering from anxiety? Can we
1: get a shovel over here, please?
2: <laughs> no, no, but it mm-hmm. needs to be said, we need to balance. Because if you've suffered from anxiety, you really understand what that means. Yes. If you're anxious about it, are you really anxious about something, or is the world just not in the place you want it to be right now? Is your, is your life I, I, not perfect, I, I, or are you really suffering? I'm waiting for him to say the word snowflake in a minute. No, no, no. It's, no, it's no. going to come out. No, no. So, uh, if you've suffered from anxiety, you know what that means. It's, it's absolutely crippling. So I think we just need better education about what the symptoms really are and and, and the like. And I, I don't know, I just think it's a, it's a good conversation to have. We're having it today, but I think we need to be careful that it's not a club that people want to join because if you're suffering from it, it's bad. And it, it's I, I think the flip,
4: the flip side of that is that actually we, we're trying to encourage people to talk about their mental health and actually recognise it mm. because a lot of people bury it and, uh, and mm. it's, look, it's, it's not like a, a broken leg where you can see it and get an x-ray and have a finite time to do it. There's so many different forms of mental health um, issues, you know, mm. different types, different severities. And it's really hard to pinpoint that because there's not a, a chart or an x-ray you can take of it that, that, that diagnoses it. And I think something we're trying to do is actually get people to talk about it and talk about some mm. of these issues that, that have been deep down buried for quite a long time and if you can
0: deal with them it makes it better. That is the thing isn't it because I mean yeah from James's, what the other James was saying is a sense of you know if we talk about it it puts the idea in people's head they think about it and it becomes an issue like that but the reality of it is we don't talk about these things enough we don't discuss Mm. it Um, and people haven't had an outlet to discuss as well don't forget whilst we've been locked down you haven't been able to ironically go and have a pint with your mates and and, and discuss some of this you're yeah, stuck in your own head, in your own thoughts. Um, you look at what I think it was Prostate Cancer UK did a lot of work about.
2: Go into your pub and talk about blokes talking, didn't they? Yeah. About, you know, maybe you have a pint and the second pint, you said, talking about, you know, going to the loo a lot and then you get to, you should go and see someone. Yeah. And now that was really, that was really good work, you know what I mean? Mm. But of course, yeah, you're right, that's been Mm. taken away from.
0: Yeah. And I think, yeah, it it is, it is one of those kind of, I guess it's sometimes a bit old fashioned, isn't it? If we don't talk about it, it's not a problem but we do need to talk about it and the only way you can solve this problem is if you talk more but we should
2: celebrate this because if you go back to my parents generation I remember talking about um, like years ago talking about stress and anxiety and antidepressants and stuff right I've got a sister who's bipolar so I get this Mm. and my parents generally thought "Oh, she's just not very happy it didn't really exist, you know, anxiety doesn't exist, mental health problems don't exist, just put yourself together, I remember it yep. being talked about. So if you look at it as a generational play, if we were there, and now we're here, then our kids and, you know, the next generation, you can't change it today, but if no. we can
0: be more aware for our kids' generation, then that's great. But certainly the journey started now. Absolutely, and I mean, uh, James, James and I, you're you've obviously taken a, a proactive approach to this. I mean, what sort of things are you, how are you... How are you going about tackling some of these issues with your staff?
4: Well, I think um, the awareness is a, is a really good starting point. We do first aid courses because we, yeah, we have to by law. We send our, our managers on first aid to get trained first aiders. Um, so what we started doing is mental health first aid. Mm. And again, it sounds very complicated, but it's not. It's about spotting signs of mental health um, issues that are arising within within the team Um, because quite a lot of our leaders are, I think some people are more in tune with it than others and can spot it and understand other people find it hard to understand because it's it's not a physical thing so it's getting them aware of some of the signs and then also a lot of people are quite frightened what do I do if I see something because again there's no handbook Um, I can't remember who said it earlier Uh, we're not mental health professionals Mm. but what we do have is we have a good list of people who can help Right. Yeah, we, 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 we team with Hospitality Action, and they're brilliant because they have a whole, they have someone sitting at the end of the phone who can help understand what the problem is. And they have grief counselors, anxiety counselors, they have people to help with debt problems and gambling and addiction. And they can help diagnose that and put the person in touch with someone who can help them. Right. And actually, what I've realized from us is once we're aware of something, just telling, you know, it's not a manager's problem to sort out someone's mental health it's the manager's problem to help them get support. If they can get support for their team and get them to fix some of the issues that are going on or even just start addressing them, then all of a sudden the manager feels that they can help by just finding help. Mm -hmm. And and actually that's been really good because we've had a few situations in our our workforce that have got quite severe. There's a lot of pressure on the manager who's like, oh, I don't know what to do. And it's it's causing them a lot of anxiety because they didn't know how to help these people going through some really difficult problems. And actually just having a list of people they could talk to, whether it's hospitality action they could refer someone to and get some counselling through there or local counselling or just knowing who could help in these difficult situations and having a, a mental health first aid to come in and signpost and help them understand what the signs were. It just took a lot of the unknowns and the fear away from the managers so they could actually take positive action rather than just be in that difficult space for not knowing what to do
0: mm. and in terms of sort of um, how's it helped i mean what what sort of um, what have you seen from from having these things
4: in, these supports in place how has that benefited you um, I think it sends the right signals to your team because it's not just the person you're helping but if And again, a lot of it is confidential. A lot of it happens out of earshot or out of sight of other people. But if you're confident enough to say, look, we're here to help with mental health problems, we're here to spot it, and you're you're seen to be taking steps to educate your senior management team about mental health issues, I think it helps create a culture of safety in your teams that if there are problems that they can step forward and talk about them, do something about them. And then that sends a really positive message through your workforce that, that you care yeah, mm-hmm. uh, because you know, potentially, you know, a few years back, if people had crept up these issues, it might have been that they lost their jobs because they weren't turning up for work. And rather than saying, well, aren't you turning up for work? Oh, it's just not turned up for work. You know, just let's find someone else. If so you can sit and talk to that person, understand some of the root causes. And, and there's some good people this is happening to. This isn't just, you know, oddballs in the corner. This is happening to some pretty serious uh, members of our staff who, on the surface, you think are absolutely normal. And actually, once you see that there's this care of culture, especially around mental health, and that we're doing things to support people going through tough times, I think it really creates a sense of safety. And some of those ripple effects through the team see that we're taking people seriously and actually um, caring about our teams, which now more so than ever is exactly the right message to to get to your teams. It's not not the the salaries, it's not a 20% rise in salary that's going to retain people for the long term it's no. going to be an inclusive safe place to work and that just goes for mental health as well as it does for physical health and all the other aspects of the workforce
0: absolutely brilliant james i'm, I'm just conscious we're almost out of the time just one one last piece of what what would your key bit of advice be to to other operators on this topic
4: uh, i think just do something to understand it if you don't know how to deal with mental health issues there's loads of people out there who can help so you know spend a bit of time investing in mental health first aid and just raising awareness of it at you know the senior levels of your team, and then all of a sudden you can start solving some of these problems rather than just either ignoring them or or, or blaming it on something else. So yeah, invest in some time to fully understand it, and then start addressing the issues. That I, I'm sure it happens in many many businesses. So yeah, accept that it does happen, and see what you can do to try and help.
0: Brilliant, fantastic. Thank you very much for that, James.
4: That's yeah, a pleasure.
1: Cheers. Cheers.
0: This is the Lock-In Podcast with myself, Ed Bennington, Heath Ball and James Cuthbertson. We're looking at mental health and the support in the sector for this week's episode. And while we're focused on how you can support your staff, we also need to look at what help and support we've got for you, the operators as well, particularly you, Heath. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> to help with that, we've got the fantastic Paula Smith from the licensed trade charity on the line. Uh, thanks for joining us, Paula.
5: Hi, right, nice to be here. Thanks for inviting me.
0: So, I mean, fr- from your perspective, um, I mean, how do you think the uh, the lockdown and the subsequent reopening has impacted on the mental health and well-being of operators? What, what are you seeing at the moment at the LTC?
5: Um, I th- there's no question that, that uh, lockdown operating during tears and, and then reopening has had a huge impact on both mental and physical health of operators, I would say. Um, At the start of the first lockdown, we saw a lot of worry and concerns about job security and obviously worry about money. So before the furlough was announced, lots of people coming through to our helpline worried about money. And then when the furlough was introduced, the, the concerns sort of moved it, it just, it's a moving feast. So concerns move to how were they going to manage on a reduced income. And then your mental health then is impacted because there's so many unknowns. How long is it going to go on for? How long is furlough going to last? Are they going to have a job at the end of it? Um, so, yes, yeah, so an, an increased number of calls to our helpline for emotional support. I think another big factor is that uh, people in the licensed trade are people people is what we always say. They're a sociable mm-hmm. bunch of people. And not having that contact with customers and um, colleagues, friends, family has been really, really difficult for them. Um, so during lockdowns, especially difficult. Uh, and we have seen, we've had a number of conversations with, with operators about growing anxiety about returning to work. I mean, I think I, I saw a, an article you guys did last week saying that 55% of, of people are still on furlough. Um one conversation we've been having is about how managers are finding it so bdms and 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 site managers are finding it difficult when um they've got all of their team are in different places they've got some people on furlough some people are flexi furloughed and some people are back Mm -hmm. and for some sites that are fully open and they've got the whole team there the whole team has been out, out, not working for nearly a year mm-hmm. so it's like everybody it's like the whole site is starting a new job at the same time
0: that's lots of
5: people feel like they've lost like you or me. No,
0: that's lots me, of people
5: worry. feeling like they've lost their confidence a bit so people who were very confident beforehand you know it's been a year and a year sometimes when you go on holiday and you come back to the office you can't remember what the uh, what your friends you know what your colleagues reception the numbers are so yeah it's difficult people
0: have found it difficult well, i mean heath and james i mean what 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 do you feel from your own perspective you know have been the anxieties and the pressures that that you found as as, as operators the balance has been desperate to get back up to speed
2: get some money in the till when the team aren't quite sharing that because mm. they're getting their heads around it yeah we haven't got time to get our heads around it Got to get it done. I think
1: that's the thing. Everybody goes, "Oh, how was like?" I remember the first lockdown when that was happening. All I could think was, "How long is this going to last for?" And then, "How do I keep people employed?" You know, what I mean, it was just like it was, up, it was a pure like survival, and mm-hmm. and it, I didn't really have time to think. It was just reactionary. And but when you go back and look on it, you just, Jesus, I remember the stress of like. Furlough's been introduced, but you've got it's going to be five weeks before you get the first payment. Yeah. So you need five weeks first of cash flow, wages. Yeah. wages. Yeah. So where's that money coming from? I'm not, you know, we don't have bundles of money sitting around. So there's that stress and just the stress of trying to pay all those bills and then try, you know, and you're still having to pay pensions and national insurance contributions. So it was just like every day there was just you know, man, and a challenge. But it's also trying to keep your own sanity because I think if if I started going, oh my god, oh woe me, we're all going to die, it. No, they were looking for me for confidence. Yeah. And if I was going, oh, we're all screwed; it's all over. You then, were doing that, though. Yeah, I was doing it to you guys, but I wasn't doing it to the team. I was going up the chain. I was going to my mates. I wasn't going down the team and going, "You know, I wasn't, I wasn't. I was. I was just trying to be like, oh, we'll be all right. We'll hustle." Yeah. But you couldn't be the other way if I come in every day and I was depressed and like. You know, so how
0: how did you handle that? Then like, was it just a case that you basically dumped it all on James and I?
1: <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know. I just think I just think there was there was so much stress. It was just like you know what, just work through it like just go just every problem that comes work how you're going to deal with this and just and just add the, the thing right like I think my my overall mantra was I'm not going to let this this thing stop me. Do mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be taken down by this. And you know, like I didn't trust the government. I didn't trust the dialogue they had, not for obvious reasons we can see now. And it was like you know a lot of people going, but everybody goes, "Oh, what about your health?" And I was like, I don't have time to worry about like, okay, what if I got COVID? What if this happened to me? I don't have time because I've got wife, I've got kids, I've got people relying on me for money. So you you wouldn't? Would you think you'd have even looked for help? I, I man, I I suppose um like no not, I'm the type of guy I am I'd I, I just vent and you know probably have a bottle of Chablis and then just get stuck in the next day at work do you yeah. know what I mean I could barely
0: walk through lockdown oh, I, broke
1: my, I broke my foot didn't I
0: oh that's true I thought you were talking <laughs> about too much Chablis then for no, <laughs> yeah. uh, a minute I
1: fractured four bones <laughs> on my foot I mean
0: I mean that's an interesting point though and, and Paul just to bring you back in on this I mean do you think people are still somewhat reluctant to seek help is there a stigma attached to kind of um particularly if you're if you're a boss you're running a business do you think people are still a little bit kind of you know, i'll just i'll cope I'll, I'll i'll try and sort myself out and get through this
5: um, i think I think there was a stigma in the past um, you know licensed trade people are, are a proud bunch of people, but they what they do very well and what they have done through lockdown is support each other and support their their communities enormously i mean you know for, for all the worry about people 's mental health, what I would say is lots of positivity, lots of people sharing how they support each other 's mental health. Um, And and we've seen operators, BDMs, we've seen a shift in attitude, actually. BDMs recognising the responsibility they have to their teams to make sure that they signpost them to where they can get help Uh, and to make, uh, you know, operators making sure that there is an environment where people can talk Mm -hmm. about the fact that they're struggling a little bit and can get some help. They know where to go. And And I think there's a change in language as well. Because when we say mental health, we automatically think of mental illness. And what we're trying to do with, with a number of operators actually is consider mental well-being the same as physical well-being. None of us has a problem with a trip to the gym to, to support our physical well-being. Well, if, if our mental well-being needs a call to our helpline to talk to somebody about the stuff that's going on right now, and there's a lot of stuff going on right now, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just looking after yourself.
0: Absolutely. Now that, that that's very true. I'm just conscious of time. So I mean, in terms of sort of last bit of advice for operators, I mean, what what would you suggest they do to to ensure that that they're staying on top of things and they're not letting these these things build up? What would your advice be to them?
5: Um, we always say to uh, every everybody deals with their mental well being in a in a different way. Look after your physical well being first. So um, walk, sleep eat, hydrate, you know, get out in nature, do all of those things that make us feel better. Um, And operators need to make sure their staff have the space and the time to do that so that there's space during the workday for them to take a bit of a break, make sure they've eaten, had enough to drink and got some fresh air. And I think one of the biggest things that operators can do is make sure that there is that culture, um, that it's okay to talk about mental wellbeing and, and to encourage their staff to open up and make sure that everybody has access to our helpline number. Our helpline's available 24-7, and anyone can call it any time about anything.
0: Okay, fantastic. Well, we will make sure that that helpline is on the, uh, on the website with this uh, podcast, so anyone that needs help can call. Thank you. Brilliant. Okay, well, that's all we've got time for, so thank you very much, Paula.
5: All right, thanks for having me. Yes. Bye-bye.
0: You're listening to the Lock In podcast, and we've now got psychologist and director of well-being and leadership with Workit, Jason Brennan, joining us. So, thanks for joining us, Jason. It's great to be here. Good stuff. So, I mean, tell us. Let's start off. I mean, what is Workit? Who are you? What What do you do?
3: Yep. So, Workit is uh, quite encompassing in terms of in terms of what they do. They're an employee benefits provider. Uh, and they provide a, a number of solutions to help both uh, attract staff and retain staff and keep staff motivated and engaged. Uh, they have a number of modules. So they started off with uh, lifestyle savings, which was um, the kind of uh, they kicked off about 15, 20 years ago with that, giving uh, kind of group discounts on many things, anything Uh, From insurance to everyday expenditure, you know, like in terms of going to the shops or going to getting fuel vouchers and stuff like that. But then they expanded to offer employees uh, learning opportunities. So at the moment, they've got about four and a half thousand online courses, 92 percent free which uh, employees and staff and members also can get access to. But they, they were very smart in terms of they, they um, developed a product about four years ago, which is uh, a well-being module and app. Uh, and there's quite a lot in, in the app, and it's and it's uh, being used extensively now at the moment in terms of for mental health uh, and uh, support. And what we saw during the uh, COVID pandemic, uh, one of the areas that were where people were really struggling was exercise. So they've now added on, uh, a, um, you know, an exercise module where there's professionally recorded uh, yoga and Pilates and various other sort of things. And then the final thing uh, they have is this fantastic um, recognition tool. So you can recognition your, recognize your peers and colleagues based on the values that you hold within your company. And what we saw was a huge uptake of that by the NHS. So we support, we support about 30 NHS trusts in the British Medical Association, British Medical Journal. And, of course, they, they were flat out, right, during mm-hmm. the pandemic. So they didn't have much time to kind of be overly investing in well-being. But one of the things they did do was go into the recognition tool and be able to recognize uh, each other you know nurses and doctors for such a great job that they did so it's, it's a it's a kind of a 360 platform and app to to help support employees and membership bases okay fantastic so i mean
0: how important would you say well-being is when it when it comes to staff and 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 keeping
3: them sort of uh, on an even keel super super important uh, and it's gotten more important obviously uh, with what's happened with covid i mean i mean prior to covid it was always kind of there in the agenda a bit um, it, not just in terms of kind of uh, keeping people kind of grounded and helping them when it's very, very difficult, but also in terms of motivation and performance, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's not just about when it's very, very difficult. It's also how do you kind of manage yourself day to day to get the, the best out of yourself. Now, since COVID hit and, and, and kind of the world changed so quickly to so everybody working from home uh, and having to adjust uh, very, very quickly and, of course, the hospitality industry being... You know, you know, decimated really. You know, in terms of uh, employees and staff having to just kind of uh, be at home and, and not knowing what was happening, uh, well-being got much further up the agenda. Right. And also, everybody was affected. It's one of the kind of unique things about the pandemic. It wasn't just a group of people; it was everybody. Yeah. So, you know, the owners of the business, um, right down to staff who'd only joined that week, were certainly affected. So. The result of that is um, much more conversations about the importance of well-being. How do, we, how do we find it in our day-to-day working life? What are the kind of provisions that organizations can put in and put in quickly is what we saw. And now at the other side of that, it's actually how do we, how do we keep this going now that things are opening up? So how, how do we ensure that somebody uh, is taking care of themselves with the stresses and strains of everyday work, but also through the lens of, of COVID, which mm. made it much more heightened. I mean, I was, only, I was only looking at some stats recently and I think, you know, prior to COVID, um, 80% of hospitality uh, employees were saying that they were stressed. Mm. That's before COVID, right? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, 72% said they didn't know if they had any well being provisions in place. What they were saying there is they didn't know where to go to talk about this stuff. Uh, I think that, that landscape has changed, and I'm, I'm super pleased to be here talking to you about that uh, because there's a lot more stuff that is uh, available and at good value too, And, you, it's and super you, important.
0: And you think operators are perhaps taking it a bit more seriously
3: as a result of the pandemic then? Uh, very much so, and again, not just for the staff, but for themselves. Yes. <laughs> they realise that they need to... Uh, kind of be doing something whether it's uh, exercise or things around mental health in terms of talking to others or you know regular small things like like meditation or breathing or reflecting there's a whole ton of stuff now that that people can access but they now realise actually uh, we need it more now than ever before Yes, and yeah. kind of our job is to make sure that uh, people are getting access to that in some way.
0: So, I mean, I'd bring in James and Heath here. at This, I mean, how how you guys would you say you're you're looking after the well being of staff?
1: Not to put you on the spot. Just through, we, we, you know, we've got pretty small teams. I think it's just through communication, and like you just you can know when someone's not themselves. You know what I mean? You can see it in their work pattern, the turning up. They're, timekeeping you know in their, their general mood but most of our guys are pretty open with what's going on do you know what I mean and they, they sort of say you know I'm having a shit time and <coughs> you know what can you do to make it better
2: mm. you know and James? Yeah same just small teams help and uh, kind of they create their own culture as well as you mm. trying to do that so if you recruit well not that the choices are that high at the moment <laughs> but if you you know we've got a good team that we kept on through behaving properly during COVID and they, they kept their comms going right through um on our staff chat so whatsapp's really good mm-hmm. if someone's quiet you kind of know but the the great thing is that because you've got a nice tight team if someone is struggling you don't notice they'll say yeah. keep an eye on and and that kind of stuff goes well yeah um so i think as he said you know when you get to you know topically the brew size and your employees are numbers not names yeah you are losing control and that's just a you know a sad fact of that growth but we are we are at the moment there. Then you know mainly people we we know well
3: inside outside
0: yeah. of work and I guess that's that's key isn't it Jason it is, it is all about communication
3: and what the team was touching on there is culture yes so kind of driving a culture of openness and dialogue and checking in on each other uh, and some organisations are brilliant with that and no matter what the size of the team and some of them aren't uh, that they can be so busy they can forget just to ask the simple question how are you going uh, how how is things how's things outside of work, for example, which mm. is which is where a lot of the stress happens. So so what the team is talking about there is super important in terms of having that that culture of openness. And of course, again, in hospitality, you'll have um, people at different stages in their life, right? So you, you might have some very young people mm. uh, who may or may not be very open, and then you might have some some people a little bit later on in their life who um, who again, may not be great at talking. So what we've found again through the pandemic uh, to help develop a culture of openness is just to be having a mechanism of checking in on a regular basis, either as a group, or if if you're a manager, if you own the own the business, you know, having having a being conversation, you know, once once every two weeks, maybe only for about only about ten minutes, not not just operational stuff, but you know, how's mom and dad, how's how's the, how's how school, all that kind of stuff really, really helps to create that openness and, and that uh, those relationships of sharing.
0: And, and this, is, I mean, this is, we're talking, I mean, James touched on it then saying uh, what staff you can have. I mean, retention is vital right now. Um, recruitment is a challenge in saying, right, you don't want to be losing people. So I guess this kind of stuff is, is just absolutely, superly fundamental to, to retaining people, isn't it?
3: Yeah, and, and, and it's super good uh, leadership as well right so you know if you, if you create those relationships uh people will stay longer yes that's, that's what the, the the kind of the research shows so like in our business you know of course everybody uh back march whatever it was a year and a half ago we all we all kind of went home and we just created a mechanism of catching up twice a week for half an hour for a full team there's only about 30 people in our organization so we could do that but that, that was super important to, to stay connected uh, and you know, I learned a lot more about other people in my company that I didn't know about because we were sharing in this way twice a week. Mm. Uh, like people, s- staff in England that uh, I wouldn't see that often. Now I was seeing them twice a week. So there actually was some great benefits of of connecting and communicating uh, well and on a regular basis. And I think one of the keys here is to keep that going. Now that things are opening up, right? Because yes. uh, things are going to get busy. Yes, that. especially for hospitality and bars and restaurants. You know,
0: absolutely. Yeah, um, and just sort of one, one final thought. I'm conscious we're, we're almost out of the time, but what what would be your, your key bit of advice that you'd you'd uh, offer to operators
3: uh, with regards to
0: wellbeing? You
3: know, that's a great that's a great question, and um, I think probably the key, uh, especially for for operators and business owners, is t- to make sure that their staff know where they can go to access wellbeing. Uh, you know, so they don't. You know, when they're struggling, it's 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 hard enough to reach out. So make it as easy as possible for them to know where they can go. Like if there's if there's some free things that are available to them, uh, if they if an organisation has a solution, like an employee uh, like an employee benefits, like like our app where you can just go online and do some stuff, or an EAP employee assistance program, which means access to counselling. Um, just so that, that that they have that. Mm-hmm. As, as, as something instant that they can go to, as well as you know, the open-door policy. But again, you know, I've worked in this field for, for decades. Uh, it's hard to talk uh, about what's going on, even with people you feel close to. So sometimes it's better to have another mechanism that, where they can connect and um, support with people they don't know, professionals, right? Because they can feel a bit you know, ashamed of being judged or criticized criticize so make sure they know what the the kind of lines are that they can tap into
0: fantastic brilliant well jason thank you very much for that more than welcome thank you so much This is the Lock-In Podcast, and we're going to now pause from uh, taking a look at mental health and taste some new product launches. So first up, we've got a relaunch and rebrand from Innocent Gun of its Originals beer range uh, with two of the products, uh, the original itself and the Caribbean rum cask. So first up is the Caribbean rum, formerly known as Blood Red Sky. Uh, This is a red beer. Available in 330ml bottles and matured, as name would suggest, in Caribbean rum cast. ABV, a punchy 6.8. So, what do we think, guys? Hey, you dive straight in there?
2: Yeah, it's course. not bad, is it? That's nice. I
1: like that a lot. I took a lot of rum, so... Yeah. Are you getting that rum with it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I get that really sweetness. So really... hey. That's good. That's yeah, nice. I'm into that.
0: That's quite, uh, quite a pleasant uh, thing. So, I mean... Branding-wise, because this is a relaunch. What do we think of the branding? It's all right. Looks like we've used a uh, stencil Wait, it, when you're at school. Yeah. What, you, what were they called? Uh, Spirograph? No. no. No,
2: it was the little things that you, you'd have, like, a thing, all the numbers and letters, and you'd
0: just scribble in. Yeah, oh, I out. see, I see. Oh, yes, yeah, I see what you're talking cool. about with that. I mean, what do we think? Is, is it, do you like it? Yeah, yeah I do. Yeah. I, I like the bit more than yeah. the branding. Right, yes. Yeah. I don't mind your branding. It's uh, will it does, does it have standout? I mean, not, would that stand yeah, out I in think the fridge? It, the the thing,
1: it doesn't matter if it stands out in the fridge anymore because no one's standing at the bar looking at what they're going to drink. No, it's no all on lists.
0: It's well, all... true. So it doesn't matter. Thanks for just ruining this format entirely. Now, so. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, it might, it might get out. back to standing at the bar. <laughs> they probably do a massive volume like... in the off-trade, though. I, that's the thing.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it looks all right. It's yeah. a, it, you can see it's them still. There's still enough about their old branding that holds on. So it's not radical, but it's a step
0: forward forward yeah it's delicious would you stock it deathly silence uh, I don't
2: know I I really like it I'm just trying to see how it fits in our offer But um, Mm.
0: I don't think you sell a lot of it no I mean it's it will be an acquired taste if you're not a rum fan but if
1: you've got a massive list and you've got huge fridges and you're Mm. blah 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 you could probably bury it under 295 bottle beers somewhere.
0: Mm.
1: but Mm. is it going to stand out Mm. I'd buy,
2: buy it for home. I'd like it. I like
1: it.
0: Okay. All right. Let's try the uh, next one, which is the original. Um, this is a, a Scottish golden beer, which is matured in a single malt whiskey cask, uh, matured in that. It's available in again 330 ml. Nice uh, shake. Nice shake. Bottles, it's it's shake. So I thought he was just getting head on it. That, a, it's, uh, either it's either
1: yeah, It's just, it
2: just me giving head on. It's head the DT. Beer. Yeah.
0: Um, <laughs> ABV is 6.6% so again it's a, it's a punchy one
2: yeah it's, you can oh. taste the whiskey there
0: yeah you're yeah. getting nice like that prefer yeah. the rum
2: to the whiskey but yeah, I prefer the, prefer the rum, rum to whiskey yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm
0: not a huge whiskey fan but that's,
1: that's alright actually oh. that's, um, maybe they'll use that's alright in their marketing I think that's Ed uh, Beddington. I'm not a huge whiskey fan <laughs> and I like to stand at the bar and choose my beers <laughs> I'm not going to look at menus so would you stock it same as the same
2: last applies, one. yeah. But I'd buy it. Okay. Buy it for home. Yeah, hundred percent.
0: Fantastic. Okay, right. Let's move on. We've got um, two new launches from Bavarian brewers Hofmeister. Um, if you remember the Hofmeister, is this the beer? Do they have the beer? Follow the bear. Follow the yeah, bear yeah. was the uh, the old. That's um, the Kiwi thing. The beer and the bear is quite close, isn't it? Beer bear. Yeah. We're not allowed to bully him you
1: can't bully in this him week's more, episode. Jeez. Oh, right, which on one on. are we trying? We've got, can, so, we, can I speak to the wellness manager,
0: please? Let's start off with off the sick. vice beer, shall we? Uh, she's off sick.
2: He's off sick. I don't know. They're off sick.
0: Um, shovel? No. Oh, uh, let's have the vice beer. So we've got two here. We've got the vice beer and an ultra-low Hellis as well. So let's, uh, let's try the vice. This is uh, an authentic Bavarian blonde. James's eyes lit up at that. Get a bit of uh, verse on the show. Uh, 5.1% ABV. Uh, they claim it has a rich body and is thick and velvety. It's available in 330ml bottles, draft, and mini keg formats.
2: You wonder whether enough time has passed by now for people to, to forget the follow, my, follow the bear thing.
0: They relaunched a while ago, didn't hmm. they, and, yeah. and sort of rebranded very much as, uh, as a, a hell is lager. But it's got uh, banana in it. Yeah, it tastes Ooh. like. Yeah. It's a, it's a vice bit. beer.
1: Yeah, I know, but I'm just getting banana. Not a mess of of bananas, eh? It's such a rubbish fruit, bananas.
0: It's not my favourite beer. Do that's, that's much. Much. it. want
2: discover a taste of lemon drizzle cake? Yeah.
0: A As a style, it's fine. It's just not a style I like. So you don't like vice beer? Heath doesn't no, like bananas? So we're all out most vice beers for, yeah. for you then, Heath? Yeah. So um, branding-wise, what do we think? Yeah, let's have a look at that. It,
2: it, it, it does look like it—they're uh, harking back to their roots. Maybe, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's
0: yeah. what it looks. We've still got the bear on there as well. So, um, so would you stock it? No, no. Nah. No? Why not? Doesn't fit with what we do. Don't like bananas. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, okay. Let's uh, let's move on to the ultra low. So this is a. Um, uh, what is this? This is a 0.5% ABV um, Heller's style beer, which they say has lots of sweet, is it this one? Fresh grassy hops and bready notes. Um, there's no information on formats or draft options, but we've got it in a, a 330ml bottle here. So he's pulling a face.
1: It's got no. It just tastes like water. Tastes like yes. Yeah, where's the pure mineral water? Is that, any... is that low ABV? It's a little bit. Of yeah, yeah. There's a bit of
0: 0. Hot. 0. It's 0.5% yeah. Yeah, ABV. It's um, maybe a little lacking in flavour, isn't it? There is a little hint that it needs to be more pronounced
2: than that. For me, anyway. I think the thing is that the, ga- the, the low and no game is so strong right now
0: mm. that... You no, know, you've got to be pretty good to to get an you um,
2: How often are you out shopping for low end? No, but no, <laughs> right? Okay, I'm talking about from the consumer. But you've got like the lucky, the lucky saint, big drop. They're doing really, you know. Yeah. Every major brand's at it now.
0: Yes. So you've you've it's got
2: to be, be on top of it. Yeah. You do. I mean, look at some of the big brands. there's some really good stuff. Um, Peroni.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, they're zero percent. Great. If this, this isn't sweet though. That's my my biggest downfall but a lot of these ones they, they tend to have a bit of, bit too much of a sweetness to it there's no sweetness in that which is, which is nice it's quite light and refreshing but like you say it, it, it maybe lacks flavour compared to some of these others out there yeah. so um, I'm guessing the answer to this one then uh, would you stock it no
2: because there's so many better alternatives out there right now honestly I'm still struggling with the Hofmeister name I still think it's, it doesn't screen quality and premium
1: Heath I don't know. We're like, yeah, I just I wasn't exposed to the beer. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, it's just it just sounds like some. Yeah, no, nah, that's not my cup of tea.
0: No, your cup of tea. Okay, let's move on from that. We're going to now move to uh, spirits, um, and last but not least, we've got the new launch from the Donkhouse Distillery in Battersea, uh, the Doppelganger Aperitivo. Describes a bitter liqueur made in the Italian aperitivo style. Uh, should sit somewhere between an aperol and campari in its flavour profile, um, with uh, 19 hand-selected botanicals on the base of English wheat spirit. Um, so James is pouring apparently this has been a two and a half year um, two and a half year labour of love for uh, owner Brayden um, uh, sits alongside their ball of vodka and renegade gin in their portfolio so it's available in 70 CL bottles and has an ABV of 20% so we trying it you tried it, Heath? Oh, I haven't. You haven't? Uh, no, I'm getting You're looking there. nervous. It's,
1: just, it's, a, it's a Monday morning. I've just woken up. I've never normally stopped you. Oh, so I, I like that. that.
0: It's quite sweet, isn't it? Yes, it's better than it capari
1: be, you? you know when Campari gets out,
2: like, ah, bitter. But, well, don't forget, we're, we're also taking it neat, and they're saying pour over ice, top with soda, slice of orange. So, have a generous splash of
0: Prosecco. Shall we, uh, shall we see if we can get some... Uh, some
1: uh, bits for it. Do you, want me, do you want to make it up like, a, um, like an Aperol? Like an Aperol? Yeah, let's okay. do that.
0: Let's okay. do that. Now, so as if by magic, we now have uh, the drink made. Do you want to talk us through what you've done here, Heath? I've just made an Aperol spritz using double ganger. OK, and what, what's in that? Just for those that don't know. <laughs> We're doing James. He's clear. So he doesn't know. <laughs> so
1: i put a double shot of uh, the double ganger in there. I'll put some quality Prosecco. Not this rubbish. It's a nice soda water. And some orange. Okay. It's very pretty so Let's
0: So uh, let's give this one a go. What do we think? It's very refreshing. refreshing. Yeah, mm. it's, it's sweet and bitter at the same time. It's good, isn't it? So, it's yeah. a good balance,
1: the way yeah. it comes at you yeah, that sweetness and you get the bitter mm. Mm. I like mm. it it's refreshing mm.
0: so what, what do we think then in terms of uh, branding uh, I think what's he done with the bottle he's run off well, about, I like but, it uh,
1: especially yeah. we're talking about mental health awareness and all that and we've got a double ganger split down the middle <laughs> we've got, we've got like, almost like multiple personality disorder
0: I mean it it, it I don't want to say it fits with the theme because that is encouraging you um, and I'm not sure that's entirely politically correct but okay, fair enough, I'll let you
2: know. I think my question for you is the room for another Aperol or you know, how, would you, how would you communicate it? I really like it. I actually prefer it to Aperol. I think you'd
1: need, yeah, you'd need to be handset. You know what I mean? You'd be like, yeah, we don't have Aperol but we've got this. The problem with those conversations yeah. is it's how busy you are. So yeah. you'd have to have it on your menu as do you know what I mean
2: do you want the same conversations we haven't got Guinness but we've got this yeah
1: do you know, those that that's the hard it, part right? but you need to get you need to get bars on board and you know build a loyal following that way do you know what I mean would you stock it yeah I probably would. yeah do you
2: know yeah. what I mean
1: I think, yeah, I
0: think so yeah yeah I think, cool yeah okay brilliant let's leave that one there then you're listening to the lock in podcast and we are at the end of this week's episode so uh, the the thrust of this week has been very much focused on mental health uh, issues particularly the challenges that both operators and staff are facing um, i mean guys do you think uh, having we've, we've spoken to quite a few different people in this week's episode i mean have you has it had an impact has it changed your views on on sort of the issues around mental health. Are there any takeaways that you think you would uh, apply from uh, from what we've heard today?
1: For my staff, yeah, probably. I could probably... But we, we, like we said, we've got a small team anyway. Everything's quite... I think we're quite good at managing what's going on. But right. in terms of my own time, I just don't have time to be... You don't have time to sleep in and, and you know, be depressed because there's too much going on. I'm trying to keep the business going.
0: I mean, you know, that, you, there, there needs to be a moment where you can step back because that way you'll just burn out, won't you, if you just keep going and going and going. Uh, yeah, there
1: will take some time off, you know what I mean? Like, I just, yeah. I mean, it, you had a holiday the other day with the wife and kids. Oh, and that was relaxing. Three yeah, days. Three, three no, days that of that shit. Was that
2: was no holiday. <laughs>
1: yeah but you know I mean, I'm, my foot's finally getting better I can start getting back to, you know my my, my thing is go to the, like go to these classes I go to we're doing Scotland the couple train. Weeks, yeah just get away from it like I, I, you know I mean like that like, once I get back exercising that's better better for me because it just helps me sleep better and everything else but just been struggling with this broken foot so but yeah like, just go. I suppose you just got to keep the communication going with your team find out what's going on. But the problem, problem, like we said, we're not psychiatrists And we've got so much other shit to deal with. So much compliance, so much all Mm these things. COVID's just added another layer of shit that we've got to deal with. And now we see this terrorism thing they're trying to bring in with venues more than 100 people. (laughs) Like, it's just like, like, you know, and we're dealing with this smoking thing that's
0: going on. But this is pretty fundamental, though, isn't it? Because if you don't have things in place to deal with this, then this becomes another problem and it becomes a bigger problem yeah. um, so whilst yeah, you can say well, we haven't got time for it you've got to try and make time, oh,
1: no, I'll make time for it but I was looking at all the shit I have to deal with on a daily basis I reckon I'd be better off running the United States of America I'd ha- I think I'd have less problems Not North Korea. less shit breaking down because not only are you dealing with customers who are rude and patient and want their lives back and you've got staff who are a bit uneasy what's going on then you're dealing with supply chain issues then you're dealing with equipment breaking it's never fucking ending. And to be honest, it does get tiring, and you just think, when's it going to be a break? And all all your staff's problems are bigger than the problems you've got, so you have to listen to their problems, then you have to listen to supplier problems, then then the government's like, hey, you know what, you guys, we haven't screwed you enough, we're going to give you some more compliance (laughs) shit to deal with. So when does it actually fucking end? so the answer yeah maybe we need some time off but <laughs> right now or a cuddle <laughs> yeah, I was say, I'm not cuddling oh no you can hug now yeah, yeah, you yeah. can hug do you want yeah. to give can, a hug but yes? we're, we're, yeah. where's this government going to be happy with what they've done to the pub industry and I know Kate Nichols and it still winds me up calling me colloquial for being worried it's about our industry yeah, yeah it is but it's just like, you know what I mean, you're hearing that from a UK hospitality representative looking down on our business going, we've been colloquial for not looking after our interests and looking after our people. It grinds on me. So yeah, like maybe I do need a holiday, but what's going to happen on holiday? I'll go on holiday and all I get is phone calls about problems. And then I'll come back and I'll be dealing with more problems. And I'll be dealing with more staff issues. And then I'll be called colloquial again. So, you know.
0: I mean, this is. I wonder if this actual podcast is just an outlet for his mental health generally. I mean, he does get, a, get the chance to rant on a weekly basis, which, uh, which has got to be good. But, you know,
1: and it goes back to what I, what I was going to say. When we're dealing with customers lately, and I, I think why people don't want to get into this industry, because customers lately are talking to us like, we're stupid. I had a lady ring up the other day, and she goes, I go, can you give me a telephone number? I'll put a telephone number in my computer, and she goes I go is that Susan she goes oh my god how did you know I said I have a computer you know what I mean like, they, they treat us like we're half wits do you know what I mean and I, like it, I mean there's a joke we, in there somewhere but yeah but, it, it, but we it. need to. you know what I mean I think why would you want to come work in an industry where you're treated like a piece of shit mm. and we need to change that perception mm. we need to get training and we need, we need our customers to respect what we do as opposed to looking down at us as second class citizens because we work in hospitality so
0: I you know, mean we've moved slightly off topic but uh, James I mean any, any key takeaways for you from what you've heard, into. The, the comment that was made about culture is all important. I think that you have to find
2: your own way. I think it's really difficult here because there's a danger that, you know, Brewdog have appointed two new people this morning. It's clearly, you have to question, is that genuine change to culture or is that arse covering? Is that needing? to... Be I'd go, to be go the up? second, look, arse covering. So there's a danger that another cost will come and that we'll need to, you know, welfare, mental health well, ambassadors in the team or, you know, another member of staff. And that's really dangerous stuff because as a small team as he said we keep we, you know we're tight with the guys and we, we speak a lot and I think we're close to it, but what we don't need is it pushed on us we need to find our own way of dealing with this and be aware like I said earlier it's a generational play we're getting better at this stuff it won't be perfect today or tomorrow but over time it'll be you know it'll mm. be much improved and the awareness is there so I just I just slightly worry that um, that you know we can't do it all we can't mm. do it when people do have to spend time away from the pub You know, it shouldn't be our responsibility it shouldn't be the employer's responsibility to in, t- in its
1: entirety to look well, after What what the government do they just layer mm. after layer after layer mm. and you know like we, like I said we didn't go to school to be trained mm. to be publicans mm. we didn't go off to Switzerland to some fancy thing you know every day it's just n- new layers of legislation and then the costs go up and then you, you've got more and more costs daily and then the customer comes in and kicks off that your, your burger has gone up one quid you're just like what like they just the problem is people the expectations are unrealistic and they they still want cheap how many people want to roast dinner for eight quid in this country Mm. 99% of them do Mm. and that's what you're dealing with and people don't understand the true cost of things and they still haven't got their head around true cost and hopefully COVID has given us a chance to restructure reprice and get where they should be but then you're dealing with people complaining about the prices
0: I don't know. You know I'm just uh, bored, of, bored of bullshit. I think I'm I'm booking Heath in for some counselling sessions after this. You don't have, you have enough money. Say,
2: uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't have a strong enough counsellor.
0: <laughs> it's a fair point. It's a fair Bit point. Like I'm Tony Soprano. <laughs> Do you remember? He yeah. goes see his counsellor. <laughs> Do you know what I mean though? <laughs> Did he sleep with her? I can't remember. Uh, no, let's not go there. Let's not go there. Anyway, that is the end of this week's episode. Uh, please do subscribe to the podcast using the links on the website. Share on all the social platforms as well. We will be back next week uh, discussing other things pub-related. Until then, stay safe.